0: Buenos dias. Good morning. Probably from that greeting, you know that I'm Jerson Vasquez. That would be Ryan Dolan. And we are data visualization leads with the U.S. Census Bureau. Going to go ahead and start because we uh, do have a lot of materials uh, that we want to go over, and we definitely don't want to uh, go long. I know we're starting a little late. Again, we apologize for that, but we're happy to be here. First things first, though. 10.30 in the morning, roughly, we're supposed to start. You're at the right session if that's the one you were planning for that's up on the screen. But we need to get a picture because our colleagues back at home aren't really going to believe that a federal government session filled up a room like this. So wait, 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 wait. Everybody over here, get to the middle. You too, over (laughs) over in the corner, middle. No, you, you got the iPhone 11, right? Yeah. Okay, we're good. Wide angle. Little product plug there. Again, I'm Jerson Vasquez uh, with the the Census Bureau. My background, just real quickly, is I came up as a sports journalist. And if you know anything about sports and journalists, we like to argue, and one of the ways we win or lose arguments sometimes is with statistics. So as weird of a jump as it is for me to now be working in federal statistics, it kind of makes sense in that regard.
1: And I get to talk now. Um, My name is Ryan Dolan, and uh, I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have the pleasure of working from home most of the time when I'm not traveling. Uh, And my background is mostly in political campaigns and community organizing before I came to the Census Bureau about 10 years ago. So, yeah, really excited to be here. This is actually our second time presenting at Tableau, and I'm really excited to see so many people at the session today.
0: Yes, and I am northeast of Atlanta, Georgia, a little town called Buford. Raise your hands if you've heard of it. Yeah, there we go. Hey. Wow. wow. (laughs) Maple Grove, Minnesota. The Gophers are doing well. They are, yeah. Atlanta Braves not so well. Atlanta United not so well. Never mind. Okay, so let's go ahead. Quick agenda. Uh, Tableau at the Bureau, data culture. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Measuring how we interact. You know, holding ourselves accountable. Looking at our own metrics. Visualizing census data. 2020 census, you might have heard of it. It's kind of a big deal, especially if you like data data, I'll say it both ways. 2020 Census in Tableau, like I said, and resources, more links and information, so you walk away here with a few things in your pocket. So let's start off with Tableau at the Census Bureau. It's, it's really been growing by leaps and bounds in the last few years. We'd like to think that Ryan and I had something to do with that, the way we're visualizing data, the way we're kind of ambassadors for data use on dashboards of all types. and uh, and. A lot of that started when we started attending different hackathons and visathons two, three years ago, Code for America events and things like that and realizing there's this whole technology sector that's very creative and very community driven, um, but a lot of times they don't plug in the census data because they just don't know what we have and what's capable with our data sets and data points. So that's really propelled us in a lot of ways. Uh, Data visualizations, of course, we leaped into that because Let's face it, a lot of people in this room are like us, data nerds, kind of geeky, love statistics, can play with a spreadsheet all day, can sort, can do formulas. But most people are not like us. Most people like to see pretty pictures and colors and interactivity. So visualizations just make sense if you want to reach the masses and not just niche audiences. Industry conferences, of course, coming to things like this, reaching out to other organizations who are visualizing data or using data. Webinar series, how we reach out and train folks from afar. Ryan and I do have slight leeway when it comes to traveling to different places, doing things in person. But of course, webinars help us reach even further across, although a flight to Hawaii is fine. If you're from Hawaii and you need a data visualization census kind of thing, just let us know. We'd love to go. Uh, Corporate outreach, building data tools. And that's one of the ones that we really are kind of transitioning into Data tools, not just visualizations, but how we can use products like Tableau to kind of create tool sets to access more census data. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is Jerson uh, and I have a close relationship with some of the folks at Tableau, and we do our best um, to advocate for our census data users to help the product um, improve because it wasn't necessarily originally intended for um, showing demographic and socioeconomic data like it is for business intelligence. So we've been doing a lot, especially with the advent of shapefiles, adding that to that, and then Tableau Prep, which we'll cover a little bit today, um, has really, really um, exploded us here at the
0: Census Bureau. And so a little bit more about the growth of Tableau at the Bureau. We're about up to 250 desktop licenses, started with six in 2015. So big jump there, that little line graph at the bottom. It's just our little way of showing a little bit of the growth and views and different interactions. Various internal dashboards and analytics, how we measure, how we interact, how we engage with the outside world, and also for our leadership to see where could we improve, what areas are we missing, or could we do more in. And especially with the 2020 census coming up, these things are starting to be more and more pivotal. Tableau Server On-Prem, we do have that, hosting over 50 public-facing visualizations right now. and that, that's growing quickly. As the licenses expand, more of our program areas, like the American Community Survey, like our economic census surveys, and of course the decennial, 10-year the count, uh, they're doing more and more to visualize the data that comes out of that. And Census Bureau on Tableau, and ta- I jumped there. Census Bureau on Tableau Public, we're starting to really get into that. It's kind of a well or little-known secret, but we're trying to add more visualizations to that open it up to the public so you guys can reverse engineer some things and play with it yourself. And right now we're still growing but we have over 450,000 views in the last two years and a lot of that has spiked even more so recently that we're starting to look at 2020 census operations and interacting with the public on those fronts. So visualizing census data, there's a couple of products out there. Actually if you've been through the gallery here at TC19, you'll see that the census engagement navigator and the breweries visualization, yeah, that was tough. That was a tough one. We actually had to do a lot of research at breweries, reach out. Seriously, we were very dedicated to our craft there, our craft brews in that case. But uh, but yeah, these things give us the ability to show our data in different ways and show that we even have it. I mean, how many of you knew that we collected information on breweries? That kind of explains why we do things like this. And then so. These are types of things that not only allow us to showcase that data and those data points, but also showcase our geographic levels. We have tons and tons of shapefiles. And for all of those people who just lean forward, I know you're map geeks. So yeah, that's something that you really wanna play with when you're trying to make dynamic maps at all levels. Census tracts, which there are over 74,000 in the nation, even block groups and blocks, and of course, all the rest of the geographies that you're familiar with, states, counties, and so on. So you look at the Census Engagement Navigator kind of going through the motions in the background. That's one we created a few years ago, and when we presented here last time, it still had yet to be published. It since has been published, and it's been updated relatively recently to the most recent 2017 five-year ACS data set, ACS American Community Survey. How many of you play with that data? Good. We need more of those hands to go up in the future, but ACS is very powerful in the socioeconomic and demographic information it contains, it allows us to drill down. In this case, you're looking at census tracts, the language circle on the right. That basically tells you right away by by the colors that pop up. In this case, when it goes down to the lowest geography, you see that Spanish is a language spoken in quite a bit right there in that particular census tract. So if we're reaching out to that tract, preparing for the 2020 census, might we need to hire some Spanish speaking folks? Absolutely. The funny thing about this particular visualization, the phenomenon that we noticed is that outside of 2020 census engagement, which of course is what we're focused on, a lot of people in the community, nonprofit organizations and such, have started to use this because the same things that make barriers for us to interact with the public are barriers for them as well. And that's fine. We don't care why you use it, so long as you use it and so long as you know the census data can be helpful. Oh, and if you scan that code, which I see some of you doing, it'll take you right to this page on Tableau Public.
1: Right, moving on, and we'll probably, we might get back to this specific visualization in, in a moment, but I wanted to share some of the best practices that we have learned over the last couple of years working with census data. my life? Okay, good. (laughs) Um, One of the things that we've really enjoyed using over the past year is Tableau Prep. How many people have used that a lot lately? Well, good news for you. If you're a census data user, Tableau Prep is a really big help because one of the best practices Jerson and I like to communicate, especially when you saw that last visualization we went all the way down to the census tract level. Well, census tracts can be roughly around a thousand people. So when we only survey... 3.4 3.4 million households annually, when you get down to a, you know, about 150 to not 150, about 350 homes um, in one single census tract, the margin of error is gonna be incredibly high. But to actually visualize the margin of error with uh, the, the variables on there from the American Community Survey, it requires a lot of data prep. And before Tableau Prep, it probably would take Joe and I Several hours just to get some of this data ready and now with Tableau Prep all the pivots and you can do multiple pivots as you can see on here um, We're able to even with like 74,000 census tracks, you know pivot out the rows and get down to like 15 million um, variables in the in the or 15 million rows in the data set and able to visualize that really quickly So it's been a big help and we're gonna probably put out some tutorials on how to structure the data set and, and work with Tableau Prep Um, with Census Bureau data to make sure that you're following those best practices because it's really important, like I said, to visualize that margin of error. (coughs) And then uh, one other thing that we're really excited to talk about is some of the ways that you can access census data.
0: Hello? Hello.
1: Okay. I'm back on this one. Wow. (laughs) So. how many people here have used American FactFinder? Wow, okay. How many people here know that American FactFinder is no longer being supported? Okay, so that was about half of you. Um, so we're in this interesting transitional period at the Census Bureau when it comes to accessing our data. Um, in September was the first time that we released the American Community Survey one year data set only on what's called data.census.gov. And it still has some limitations. And then in de- on December 19th, to be exact, we're going to release the five-year American Community Survey data set on data.census.gov, and not on American FactFinder. So accessing the data might be a challenge for you. Um, same question, but how many people have accessed our data using the Census Bureau's API? Cool. A couple. Well... Really? Okay. okay, I'm good. I got it. We have a special treat for you that we want to share. That. Oh my gosh. Am I doing something wrong? This is the presentation right. remix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the Census Bureau, we have over 140,000 variables within the American Community Survey alone, and that's one of the most popular data sets that we have. As I mentioned before, we sample about 3.5 million households annually, um, and so that produces over 140,000 variables for over 100,000 geographies. So it's a lot of data and it's really, like so much data that it's really hard to even comprehend 140,000 variables and to understand exactly what we all have. So what Jerson and I built, cause we've noticed that there's been a lot of frustration with folks trying to use our API. Um, and we're debuting this today just for you. It is called the census extract creator. What's an interesting thing about this is that this is a tool that uses Tableau, like the, just the database culture of Tableau, and allows you to pull out of a Census Bureau extract or data extract from a JSON call. So I'm just going to walk you through this, but you're the first ones that will have access to it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we're, very, we're very excited about this one because we've noticed a lot of people, like I said, have had a trouble using our API because there's so much vari- so many variables there, so we just created a little catalog. Um, so what, we're going to show you this, but we really request that you send us some feedback I don't have business cards, neither does Jerson. We ran out and didn't order them in time. But there's a, take a picture of our contact slide at the end and make sure you send us feedback on this because it is still a little bit buggy, but we wanted to get this out there and get some user testing before the five-year release comes out in uh, December 19th. So here we go. Oh. So this is the census extract creator beta version. Um, what it simply is is all I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna click on data profiles, which is one of our smaller data sets for the American Community Survey, has about 2,600. The subject area data sets has about 66,000, and then we have um, the detail tables, which has about 65,000 variables. So we'll start with the small one um, and take a look. (coughs) Excuse me. What I wanna find is the percent of people with a bachelor's degree and a high school diploma. So I'm just going to look up education, type in that catalog. And I think then you kind of just scroll down, I guess. <laughs> this is it percent with a bachelor's degree or higher? I think that's. Yes. So I picked those two variables. And let's just say I wanna look at all census tracts in the state of Nevada. We have this handy little FIPS code finder for you. So the state of Nevada is FIPS code 32. I know it's probably small on the screen up there, but I just wanna kinda give you a sense of how this works. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna click and drag and hold these and run the Extract Creator. Let's just hope it works. There we go.
0: (laughs) So that's every census tract. Sweet. So a couple of things, like Ryan mentioned, this is, this is kind of going to be increasingly helpful as we transition from American Fact Finder into data.census.gov. Additionally, and he kind of alluded to it, right now if you go, sorry, my bosses are here. Y'all cover your ears for a little bit. If you go to our developer site, census.gov forward slash developers, we have all the variables listed, but it's literally control or command F, hunt and peck, one variable at a time. This is still not where we want it to be, that's why we want your feedback, but ultimately we're trying to create sort of a catalog that basically creates the API call for you and gets results that quick.
1: Yeah, you can see in the URL bar here, that's the API call, so you can just save that. So all it does, everybody in here knows Tableau, I presume. All it's doing is just pulling the variable IDs and it's creating the URL action, um, and then that pops out here. And if I wanna save this, now, I should be using Google Chrome, so let's hope Safari works. I don't like Safari. I don't know why it opened up in Safari, but that's another reason. Um, I'm going to save this as, let's just save it as Nevada.csv. Yeah, I got it. You know what? I'm going to open this up in Chrome quick. Yeah, I didn't mention that you must use Google Chrome. I mean, you can use other browsers, but it's not going to work as well. I can just throw that in there. And what I'll do, for those of you who probably have not done this before, just gonna save the page as a CSV. It'll be... I love typing in front of a thousand people. It's really awesome. No pressure. So save that. And then you just gotta do a little bit of prep uh, when it opens up here. It's a pharmacy data set. (laughs) I'm here all week. Oh, and I said, thank you, Jerson. CVS. Okay. But you get the picture. CSV. All right. Just make sure you select all files. Is it CVS still? Okay, no, it's no, You got it. Another plug.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that waits to open up. For some reason, it's being slow. You just got to do a little data prep and, you know, find a replace. You just replace the, the right bracket and the left bracket and the quotes, and then you got to, you know, usable uh um, data set here. The other thing that's also tricky with our API, and for those of you who've used the API, you'll notice that everything that comes out on the API is just the variable ID. So when you're looking at this payload call, this happens no matter how you use the API, all you see is the variable ID. So in this case it'd be DPO20067 PE, which means percent estimate. So I know at least one of them, um one part of the hall there. But what I want to do is when I bring it into Tableau, I want to bring the metadata, too. So also within this, and this works online, too, is that I just want to click the list view there, and then I can export that to a CSV. So then I would have the metadata, and then you could just join it um, and rename it yourself so you have the actual names with it. Um, But our goal here is to, you know, not only just with census tracts, but we have tons of geographies in here. We have Pumas, we have... Uh, state and lo- state uh, legislative districts, uh, school districts, zip code tabulation areas. So, a lot of the data that, a lot of the shapes that are not in Tableau natively, that you can p- go in here and do what's next as part of this, is, which is a shapefile creator. So, I just took the census tracts. Now, I'm going to want to go here and select census tract. Where is it? There. For Nevada. Not New Hampshire. And then just like that, I have you'll see the shape files for Nevada. So within hopefully two to three minutes, if you wanted to do a couple of variables um, using this uh, census extract creator, you could pull down the extract and the shapefile in two to three minutes and then visualize that in a map on Tableau with all the census tracts. That is something that prior to March of 2017 would have taken us an enormous amount of effort just to be able to get the census tracts in there and marry that with data. So it's really, hopefully you find this to be very helpful and you'll send us some feedback on the census extract creator. Thank you. Anything else you want to show? I don't have it. Mm -mm. So to find the extract creator, you'll need to go to Tableau Public and follow the Census Bureau, and you'll see it right there, and also a
0: couple other really neat visits that are on there as well. And we just put it available to the public today, but nobody knows about it. Our email marketing guru back at headquarters wanted to send out an email blast, but we're like, wait a little bit. We're gonna wait next week, mostly because we wanna put everybody in this room on the spot, Make sure you go to it, but plus we want to give you that exclusive first access to it so we know that these people in the the room, the data nerds, the data geeks, and I mean that with all due respect, are the ones who give us that initial feedback which we think is going to help us grow the product and refine it in a way that's ultimately more helpful to you. So now that other big thing that I mentioned earlier that we're doing is that 2020 census. How many of you have heard of that? Cool. I don't know why everybody's hand didn't go up. It's not my fault, boss is in the middle there. But in any case, it's a huge thing. It's actually the largest mobilization of a a federal force outside of wartime. It's that big, we hire a lot of people. You've probably been seeing advertisements for hiring. We actually have a link in the presentation later on about if you're interested in census jobs, they are available right now. And it takes a huge amount of planning. But even when we started before the 2010 census, and all the metrics and analytics we used back then. Now technology has helped shepherd us to this current age, and we, of course, are using things like Tableau to start visualizing areas that we're anticipating having difficulty to engage the audience, for different reasons. And that's the beauty and the curse of working a decennial census. There's a whole lot of reasons why people don't engage. There's apathy, there's inherent distrust in government. There's things like gated communities where people don't wanna be bothered in their million dollar mansions by a (laughs) census worker or to answer an online census, which this time that's kind of a big deal. We are doing the census online as a primary way to get that response. So we hope that you'll uh, not only join our efforts to kind of promote the census, but also through your visualizations and the work that you do, hopefully include census data, because ultimately that shows people why it's so important and so valuable to have these data sets. So things like this on the map, our internal dashboards that we use to kind of measure areas as we prepare for the 2020 census, able to drill down in different geographic levels to really refine outreach attempts and efforts. And then of course, many of you may or may not have heard that we are doing the 2020 census response rates data and where we're doing daily updates close to real time as to the kind of response rates we're getting back. The whole purpose for that, of course, is to really see that day what's going on in the country down to census tract levels, cities, towns, counties, states, to really drive our efforts. And not only our efforts, because it takes more than just the federal government and the Census Bureau to do this. It takes the whole community. It takes people caring about their community's numbers, their statistics, knowing how important it is to future development and future progress. So that response rates, we're, we're dedicated to making a product that works for the public from 2020census.gov and census.gov websites. And we're partnering with Tableau on that. And Tableau Public is set to host it, so we're really happy about that, we're really happy at how Tableau is working with us. But we're going one step further. We're also making this data available on the API. Because why just leave it to what we can do and what Tableau can do? What can you do with it in your community? How can you blend that with possibly local data that may mash up in a way that creates more synergy and more power? And I did mention that Census Bureau is hiring. If you're interested, we do have enumerator positions, but we also have professional level jobs. You know, on the GS scale, you know, GS 12, 13, 14. If you look that up, if you're not familiar with it, you're talking about 60, 70, $80,000 a year jobs. Now they're temporary in nature, but they can run one, two, three years. Uh, and that's kind of how we started and somehow or another convinced people that we were worth keeping. Um, but basically check out that website, send it to friends and family if you're interested or they're interested, because we are having a lot of challenges recruiting this time around and we want to make sure we get the best workforce so we can get the best data possible and best statistics for you guys to play with after the fact. So there's the QR code for that. So if you scan that right now, it'll take you directly to that census extract creator for those who want to start playing with it, who want to start giving us feedback, please do. We accept all feedback, no matter how colorful the language is. We understand sometimes data can be frustrating. And there's a lot of things, just as we were demoing it, that we can see every time we show it, hey, we should probably fix that or improve that. So it's a work in progress, but hopefully we'll get there, and we'll get there together. Am I,
1: I'm good. I'm having mic issues all day today. Um, I'm sorry if I offended anybody named Mike. Um, <laughs> He's a father, that would be a dad joke. (laughs) Um, No, but what we're hoping to do is over the next, I'd say, six, seven months, is right now we only have one data set in there. We have the American Community Survey five-year data set from 2017. So just go there and play with it. It's the most current five-year data set that we have, but we're going to add multiple data sets to it. So we'll have the one-year and the five-year. Just want to make sure we get the kinks out before we um, embark on all that of the work. Um, and before we, I know we're a little ahead of schedule, I think we micro machined this a little bit, another product placement. Um, but I wanted to show you some of the visas that we have um, and just talk about, yeah,
0: I have it right here. Go ahead. Okay, so this is going back to the Navigator, Census Engagement Navigator, which we updated, what was that, about a month ago? With mm-hmm. the, Or two months? With the more recent ACS data, look for this to be updated again in December, December 19th, if you were taking notes, when the next ACS five-year comes out, which is very important because it gives us all these great socioeconomic and demographic statistics to play with. I lost my cursor. And we'll get back to it in just a second. I lost my cursor. (laughs) Ryan is over 40 now, and he refuses to wear reading glasses. So I apologize for his vanity. Yeah, I can.
1: <laughs> I can't, I have no cursor. Anybody know how to get a cursor back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Try this. Wouldn't be a presentation if we didn't have some technical difficulties.
1: Ooh. Let's see if it comes back on.
0: Yeah, there's my cursor.
1: and There's this, okay. Let's go back to the Tableau Public page. So make sure you follow us on Tableau Public. Um, and we're gonna show you this quick, couple of visits that I think we're a little bit proud of here. This is one we're probably most proud of, as Jerson was talking about. But one thing that kind of want to just show and uh, make sure that we, you know, hit, hit this down so much. I'm going to pull up the greatest state, uh, Minnesota, and... <laughs> <laughs> skull. Um... One thing that is really important for us at the Census Bureau is to make sure that you're, when you're looking at our data, that, or not our data, it's your data, too, um, looking at Census Bureau data, that you're um, putting, like, one, one of the best practices, that I think, is putting the margin of error inside the tooltip, and that's what we've found has worked pretty well, um, and just save that as a text file if that's something, especially if you're going to be going down, let's say, all the way down here to the census tract level. And I happen to live in this county, and again, um, you'll see some of these data sets that will have, Let's see here. There'll be some in here when you get to a really small census tract that the actual estimate will be smaller than the margin of error. So it might be estimate is 55 and the margin of error is 100. <laughs> so that's why it's really important to put that context in there and we can't emphasize that enough um,
0: with that. Oh yeah. One other thing we like to do with tools like this is what he just did on the screen, probably hard to see for people in the back especially, is within the tooltip as well, we have a couple of hyperlink actions. And we always like to leave people with a way to get to more of our data. Because let's face it, if we put all those variables that the ACS produces on one dashboard, it wouldn't be a good visualization. It would be too much. So we picked out some key ones that have to do with difficulty engaging a community in a federal survey that was the purpose for this, to kind of plan around that. And we left the rest in that hyperlink to where he's scrolling through a narrative profile. So now you have over 73,000 tracks that are in this particular product. And you have this report for each and every one. And that you can leave behind when we're talking to mayors or city councilmen or county commissioners. As we engage the public and different levels of government, we can leave that behind with them and not just show them the pretty picture, but use it as a thoroughfare to get to more. And that's something that we like to preach and teach because ultimately we all have a lot of data points that we can fit on the visualization, but we might have more that are sitting just behind the surface.
1: Cool. I just wanted to quickly show one fun thing that we have, too. Um, I have a nice little story about this. Um, I was making this, Well, Josh and I were making this, usually we work via webinar together and co-build stuff. Um, and my daughter came over, and she was 10. She just came up to the computer and she started playing with it, and she quickly noticed and was a little upset that Minnesota had, she thought for sure we would be leading the country in uh, dairy sales. So a 10-year-old was able to quickly look at this da- very obscure data set. It's actually not the easiest, some of this commodity data that we have is not the easiest to find on census.gov. So again, this is another way we can use pictures and graphics um, in kind of a like, whimsical, lighthearted way at the Census Bureau to communicate uh, all of this data, too. So, um, and, and a 10-year-old can do it. She wouldn't have been able to do it if she was looking through one of our many search tools at the Census Bureau. So if any time you guys have an idea for us uh, when we show you the contact slide, we'd also appreciate um, any suggestions for things that you might like to see from the Census Bureau as well. Oh, sure.
0: Right over here, we mentioned a few times that we're hiring and that there is some challenges in hiring people right now. And so a couple of weeks ago, we had a recruiting events week throughout the nation where we had our field staff, our partnership specialists and other people engage at the local level, c- kind of start to pull together events to recruit, to kind of have a week where we really pushed it. Now it's over, but don't worry, there may be more coming up and there, we're definitely still hiring. But just to show you, we created this quick dashboard with the map that basically allows us to, uh, to highlight these events. And Ryan, explain some of the features, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, it just has um, all of the events that we had around the country. And you can select your state, for example. Um, so a pretty, very basic Tableau viz. And then uh, you can export the calendar, or, in, in, information to your calendar in Google Calendar, as well as get driving directions. Um, yeah, I mean, it had about 70,000 views, I think. 56,000 views and that was in just a couple line. of days.
0: Yeah, that was the punchline. A week's worth, it was only really up for four days, and it got over 60,000, close to 70,000 views, so, and with very little promotion. We, we did have a press conference that day. We did have an email blast, but pretty much organically besides that, all these people found these events. I don't know where they all came from, but we're happy to see that our engagement tools are being looked at by the public. Another one that you see here dealing directly with the 2020 census, is we have these things called complete count committees. Again, this is not gonna win any awards, neither is the last one, but it's functional. Sometimes it's about being functional and providing a service. Um, Although we would like it to be a little snazzier, but it's okay, these are complete count committees and complete count committees form in and around decennial census, the 10 year count and they're community driven, supported by the Census Bureau's local staff, field staff, partnership staff, and basically they pull together a lot of different areas within local government or community organizations to create these committees to ensure that everyone's, everyone's counted in their community. So this is a resource that again is getting a lot of views because we're promoting this as we travel and our field staff is as well and showing people where these committees live, how to get in touch with them to either join the effort or in some cases you see a blank spot on the map, you may wanna create your own complete count committee there. So these are ways that we're starting to engage. We very much anticipate doing a lot more for the 2020 census as we head into real operations starting at the beginning of next year, and especially in mid-March when we ask all of you to start participating with that online component, and then later with the field staff coming out if need be. If you want to avoid the field staff coming out to your door, by the way, just get online and do it. It'll be real easy. Great, thanks. So that's
1: all we have for this section here. I want to leave you with some resources. Um, So make sure you connect with us on the 50,000 social media networks that we have here. Um, And then at this point, just uh, happy to take any questions you might have. We have
0: about 15 minutes. I'm going to do my best. I'm dating myself here, but I'm going to do my best. Phil Donahue. Oprah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. Okay, now we may get a little feedback, so if you don't mind stepping up, because if I go too far in front of these speakers, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've taught Tableau classes using census data, so thank you for everything you put out there. But uh, as you mentioned, the, there is great pain points in trying to shape the data before you try to get in. So also, uh, that that link you shared in Tableau Public, that's going to be huge. You also mentioned Tableau Prep. Do you have any blog posts or other resources on Typical approaches with prep uh, for, for getting the data ready for Tableau Desktop?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, Jerson and I were actually part of the Project Maestro beta project before Tableau Prep. Um, so we did a little bit of work with that. Um, but we don't have anything in the works right now to do a blog post. But what I said, I was going to probably do some sort of tutorial video or maybe a blog post on Tableau Prep because I'm telling you, it's like changed my life. Like everybody here knows how painful sometimes, you know, just data prep can be. But specifically, our data, Census Bureau data. It has
0: really helped me out a lot. Search Census Academy and Census Data Gems on Google or on our site on census.gov. We don't have anything yet, but suggestions like that through your question you just made can help us because we can work with our colleagues at headquarters to film little snippets, little tutorials that we can post on our Census Academy or Census Data Gems page. These quick hitters, because both of us are like severely ADHD, so I don't want to sit through a 45-minute presentation. We like to record like three to four minute snippets on how to do X, how to do Y. So that would be a good one to put in there and we'll take that away as well.
1: And and sir, if you email me, I I can share the flow with you too. So you can kind of reverse
0: engineer what I did. Any other questions since we have a few more minutes? Right over here. All right, I will walk that way. You can step up here, actually.
1: Right here. Oh. (laughs)
0: He asked if we were planning to have data available down to the block level, the smallest geography the Census Bureau produces. It depends. Decennial data, the 10-year count, does go down to the block group, or block, I should say. ACS goes to the block group, just slightly larger than block. So decennial data sets would make sense to visualize at the block level. Otherwise, ACS isn't gonna align with that American Community Survey, nor are some of our other surveys. So yes. To certain decennial data points and sets, will be available to visualize at the block level. Right over here. Do you collect health data? We have surveys that are sponsored by um, organizations, federal organizations. Escapes me right, right now that like the CDC, CDC things like that. Yeah that we do on behalf of them, they're stakeholders, they basically uh, have us do these surveys and we do have information on that, but mostly they take that data back and you can access it through things like the CDC or the Bureau of Labor Statistics is another one. Pretty much if you see a federal statistic, since the Census Bureau already has the infrastructure and the field force, they commission us to do the survey, but they may put out the data products on their pages, their websites, What's the federal? Well, there's also data.gov is one source you can see a lot of these, and then you can search on census.gov for different things, and then you can email us any direct questions, and we can get you to there. We also have a data dissemination staff nationwide that can help answer those questions, actually guide you to the data set. And they provide free training and support one-on-one, yes, um, or to large groups too. And uh, if it's not, a, it's on the resources page, the data dissemination branch. If not, we can add it to it and we can email the presentation for anybody who's interested. Another question over here. Do you have any tips on how I can search for the workload for uh, state prosecutors? For example, how many cases they're handling per year for state prosecutors? What? State prosecute, prosecutors data. Um, I'm not sure I've run across that in the Census Bureau. We can look into that if you email us and our email addresses are now on the screen, we can look into that further, because even if it isn't something from census data, we're happy to help out. Any other questions? Right here. Over here.
1: Do you ever use Tableau for internal um, metrics, teaching your internal Census Bureau staff how to use data?
0: Yes, as data visualization leads at the Census Bureau, one of the primary functions we provide is to actually train staff or upskill the staff who's getting these new licenses of Tableau. So yes, and yes, the other part, we do very much look at the metrics that are coming in from either engagement or internal data that we have on-premises at headquarters, create different KPI dashboards for our bosses and executive staff, to to basically try to have that more data-driven culture. I think there was a question over here, right? Yes, right over here. How are we doing on time, by the way?
1: You're getting your steps in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mine's just on time series data, so often I need to select just like one or two specific variables, but I need to see it over time. I know the ACS goes back to 2010, so I wanted to know if you could talk about uh, the API that you just showed, when yep. you'll be able to have time series data up there, and with the new data.census.gov, when I select... when I change each year, um, and, I, and I filtered my table to down to just the variables that I want, every time I select a year, that just kind of disappears, and I have to re-filter my table. Oh. I didn't know if I'm doing something wrong or what. Well, it's, it's still a system that I would say, like, is in beta. So... Um, my suggestion would be to send that feedback on up because I don't believe that's supposed to be happening. If you're talking about data.census.gov. Um, in terms of the API extract creator, um, right now we only have the one data set, but one little secret is if in the URL you just change the 7 to a 6 from 2017 to 2016, it'll get you that same data. There might be an error. There might be one variable that doesn't exist, um, but it'll just not show. So, But it, won't, it shouldn't kick out your whole entire call. Because they're different, they're different data buckets. Yeah. And so different and there's call a 50 structures. variable limit. There's a lot of things that are a little... But you could join them
0: um, fairly quickly in Tableau. But if that's some feedback that you want to give when you leave that, then we can take that back to our API crew and see if we can up some of those permissions or create combined calls and things like that in the future. Now, we're going to wrap the session, give you a little more time back. Um, but we are going to hang out for a little bit in the room because I don't think there's a session immediately after this. Nope. Um, we'll be on down here on the stage or on either side of the stage. You can come up and ask questions there, but that way the rest of you people are giving you a little time back so you can get in line early or get to the next presentation on time. And we thank you very much for your attention today. Thank you.